Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Tons of people take a multivitamin, me included. I'm trying to get back on track after football season, eating better, exercising, all of that. And it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients helps to support gut health, the nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle friendly, adopting to a wide range of diets. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals or artificial anything. Plus, it costs less than $3 a day. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks for listening to Saints Happy Hour. We are a family here. You know what families do? They support each other. And if you aren't a patron, we need your support. All the great content you consume for free takes time and money. If you love the show and listen regularly, please become a patron. We need you. Supporting Saints Happy Hour can cost you as little as 23 cents a day. That's what the Saints should have paid Kenny Stills. So please, go to Patreon slash Saints Happy Hour and support the show today. Hey, Ralph. Ralphie. Andrew and Dave. All right, I got uh, a little intel. Your Saints Happy Hour podcast? Yeah, yeah. It's a joke, all right? And I'll tell you why. You, Ralph, you mispronounce everything, okay? I listen, I go, what the? Does he not know the English language? All right, Ralph. I try to get an English class in there every now and then, okay, pal? Andrew! Think you're smart, huh? Think you're smart? You're in big trouble, pal. You piece of shit like you for breakfast. And then, of course, there's Dave. Dave, a little obnoxious? Got a little bit of a chip on your shoulder? Huh? You gotta get, cut people down all the time? Is that what you gotta do? But uh, know that life is good. Appreciate it. Do what you do. Keep on keeping on. Shoot out! <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of the Saints Happy Hour Podcast. If it's Wednesday, that means we are on Twitter Spaces. You should join us every Wednesday night about 9 o'clock. If you're listening to this live, thanks for joining us. We're going to talk. We had a bunch of Saints stuff to talk about. If you're listening to this uh, on the uh, RSS feed, 
sign up, become a patron, make our dreams come true. Andrew, if more patrons would sign up, we could do live events in New Orleans. Maybe we could fly Thomas in from Poland. Maybe we could build a studio so my audio wouldn't be terrible. Make our dreams come true. Become a patron. Sign up for $10 a month. We promise you're going to love it. We got the Discord. We give you a podcast every day. Uh, it's amazing. You should do it. Uh, Andrew, a lot of Saints news. Uh, not that it's the kind we want. Uh, because we need them to do, I need them to make us some freaking moves, but they did some stuff. Uh, I want to start here. Malcolm Jenkins announced his retirement and I said on Twitter, I didn't get too much pushback, but he's a Saints Hall of Famer. Like on the strength of 2010 Thanksgiving day alone, that gets him into the Saints Hall of Fame. People have gotten into the Saints Hall of Fame for less, believe me. Uh, but he's tremendous. He's beloved in Philadelphia, really well liked with the Saints six years and I have to say Andrew I was wrong like when he came back to the Saints two years ago I was like is he old and washed and is this Sean Payton just trying to bring back one of his favorites this isn't going to end very well at all nope 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 he was still really freaking good and if he would have said I'm coming back the Saints would have had him back in 2022 I had some people fight with me on Twitter today about Malcolm Jenkins, and I'll, I'll say the following. You know, first of all, you mentioned all the guys they brought back. Kenny Stills, Robert Meacham, uh, gosh, I mean, you could go up and down. Roman Harper, yeah. e- even Mark Ingram at this point, you could throw him on that list. Uh, Jonathan Goodwin, uh, Ben Watson, Jermon uh, Ger- Bushrod. I mean, you go up and down the list of all the ex-players – that Sean Payton brought back in the Payton era, none of them were anything close to as good as what they were the first time. Somehow Malcolm Jenkins came back. back. That's right. And I've had people fight. I've had people fight me on Twitter about this today. They're like, nah, I don't know about that. And and there's this weird segment of Saints Twitter that hates Malcolm Jenkins. I guess because he told Drew Brees to shut the f up after the Yahoo Finance thing. Maybe it's the CNN thing. Like, oh, he's spending too much time on CNN, not enough time playing football. But like, so there, there is some weird segment of the fan base that dislikes Malcolm Jenkins. But like, yeah, incredible, incredible leader, respected, tough, sound player, uh, a total just end to end guy that did, did, didn't yeah. get hurt. That was just always available. He played all the time. Iron Man. Yes, right. right. But I, I think the thing for me with Malcolm Jenkins, you go back. I remember when he played against Gronkowski <laughs> and the, the stats right. that he had. At, at first, I was like, oh, Gronkowski's washed. He's done. He's not good anymore. But Gronkowski posted stats against everyone else. So you you look at his – I mean, your cat loves Malcolm He does. Jenkins, my God. <laughs> but but if you go look at the, the stats of the five games that the Bucks played against the Saints and Malcolm Jenkins was man-to-man coverage on Gronk the entire game, and completely erased him. And when you look at the Saints' success against the Bucks, uh, a huge part of that defensively was Malcolm Jenkins and what he did against Gronk. And- I think he made Gronk wish he hadn't been – the first game back, he wrecked him, and he made, wish he had maybe hadn't come back. The thing that was amazing to me about Malcolm Jenkins was – and I remember you you doing this in, in film study and when he came back in 2021 – or 2020 and you and you said you know he struggled against waller but then you were like he played great against concrete and you're like ralph 
he's got the old man strength. Like he's he's bullying these tight ends every single one of them every single week, and he's playing an ungodly amount of snaps. And you're like, I don't know how he's doing it, but he's doing it, and it's amazing. The Saints aren't getting killed by tight ends. I love I like living in this world, and you're like, it was right. Like Malcolm Jenkins, like he's just one of those dudes where like. I don't know that he got better as he got older, but like he just had this amazing ability to to not really get hurt, to get to play smart, and uh, I loved him, man. He was a he was a he was a great a, a, a tremendous signing. Uh, well, you know, normally I don't advocate against uh, violence towards animals, but uh, at this point, your cat, man. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, look, I I think it's uh, there are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's one of those things where the Saints are going to miss him. Like on the field, off the field, and everything in between. He's a good leader. Uh, and, and gosh, now all of a sudden Marcus Williams is gone. I know you get Marcus May, and I, but but look, he, he's a guy coming off a terrible injury. He's a guy that might get suspended because he had a DUI in the offseason. And I know you brought Sorensen in. Sorensen, I mean, if we're being honest, he might be here to fill in for May while he's suspended. But I think you look at P.J. Williams, and getting him back is going to be critical. And the topic of the show, Teron Matthew, do, do the Saints go look at him and consider maybe bringing him in? Look, I'll go back to 2014. That was an interesting offseason. Everyone remembers Jarris Bird, right? We all signed we signed him to a record deal. At the time, it was the richest deal in NFL history for a free safety. But what you guys don't maybe remember is how the, the Saints binged on safeties that offseason. They acquired every safety they could. They matched the Falcons' offer for Raphael Bush, which at the time was a big surprise. You know, they had drafted Kenny Vaccaro, so they had so they matched Raphael Bush. That's three safeties. They signed veteran Jamarcus Sanford. He was in the mix, and then they draft Vinny Sinceri. So they were like five, six safeties deep, if you include Pierre Warren, who was on the team too. As a <laughs> I UDFA. forgot so about like, I forgot about Vinny Sinceri. They do. They freaking binged on safeties that offseason and I think maybe we're running it back to 2014 I feel like Dennis Allen is setting this up he's already got Sorensen he's already got May you know Jenkins just retired and I, I think he's he's gonna go all out we're gonna go to Ron Matthew <laughs> we're, we're, we're 
bringing PJ back. I think it's the the 2014 safety binge off. I like I'm, it. We'll I'm, get, I'm here for it. I'm here for. We'll get to talk. We'll get to Honey Badger in a minute. Other Saints moves that happened was pretty quickly. It happened like dominoes, where Dennis Allen at the owners' meeting was like, "Hey, Taysom, I don't want him on the sideline next to me. I feel like that's a waste of resources. I want him playing. He's going to focus on tight end." They announced that, and then boom. Andy Dalton, the red rifle. I don't like that because gingers don't have souls, but they got Andy Dalton to be the backup quarterback one year, $3 million. Um, I like, like there's the a story that, behind that, right? Is there some ex-girlfriend? That broke no, not really. I just, don't, I just feel like did gingers, man. It's like clowns. They scare me. It's <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Uh, well, apologies to all our redheaded patrons. Yeah, and yeah we have a couple. Jeremy, Telegram. We have a bunch of them. They, 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 they yelled at me on Twitter, but I'm not backing down. Well, they but, should yell at you because that's mean. Uh, but look, I, I think um, Andy Dalton was a surprise to me. Uh, not a surprise in the sense that I thought maybe they would draft a guy. Uh, I, I thought, yeah, I mean, they're going to need another quarterback in the room. But I thought between Ian Book, Bortles, Maybe you draft a guy and Taysom, even though I know they don't really want him to play quarterback anymore. I, I just thought that would be enough. So for them to go get Andy Dalton as well, I mean, that tells you what they think of Bortles, I guess, uh, which is fair. <laughs> which, is fair. Uh, which is fair. But yeah, look, Andy Dalton is, uh, I don't know, I, I will say this. I see that contract, one year, six million. And I'm thinking immediately, like, does that kind of annoy Jameis? Because Jameis got two years, 28. And he's like, hell, you couldn't give me like a little bit more of that six million you're giving Andy Dalton. Well, like, it's only seriously? three million guaranteed, though, right? Like, I get it, but I'm, I'm thinking Jameis sees that and like you're seriously bringing Andy Dalton in the building. And, yeah, like two million like, of that should have been mine. Like you could have you could have rolled back with Simeon, you know, and kept him instead. But like it's it's interesting that the Saints are kind of I don't know, almost. Um, well, look, Taysom's coming back from an injury. Jameis is too. And I think this is maybe like a safeguard. Like, what if Jameis isn't ready? What if he has a setback? What if week mm-hmm. one, you know, neither guy is ready to go? Then, yeah, you got to start someone. So, And I, I think Andy Dalton's a guy that's been around the league for a long time. He's been to the Pro Bowl. He's been in the playoffs. And, you know, as much as people want to bang on a guy like that, uh, the experience that he's going to have in the film room, preparation, leadership, professionalism, I think those are all things that benefit the quarterback room. So, look, I, as a backup, like I really have no issue with it whatsoever. Well, I think it's fine because here's the here's the thing: if the Saints are like seven and four, right, and Jameis the knee acts up or something, and or he sprains it again and, and he's not out for the year, but the Saints are like, you know what, Jameis is going to be out two to four weeks, and the Saints are like seven and four, seven and five. That's right in the playoff mix, right, and yeah. If, well, if, the, if we, other, the other thing, Ralph, is that like, being honest here, Andy Dalton is no threat to Jameis Winston right. whatsoever. We all know yeah. that. Andy Dalton knows that. Jameis, Jameis knows that. And so, like, I just think with Andy Dalton, he's going to be a professional. He's gonna, he knows his place. Yeah. He's gonna he's, he's gonna be the backup. He's gonna accept that. And Jameis doesn't have to look over his shoulder. I mean, unless he plays terrible. I mean, obviously at that point, like if, he, if Jameis is playing awful, I mean, it probably reaches a point where they start to look at Andy Dalton. But otherwise, he's not going to play unless there's an injury. So it's really a situation where he's just there to support, help in the film room, 
And like, it's kind of a good situation where you have a veteran that can help out. So I, I, there's nothing about this that should feel threatening or bad. And and look, worst case scenario is Andy Dalton's playing, which none of us want to see that. I don't think the saints want to see that. That's right. (laughs) But if, but if, but if he has to, it might be okay. And he can, he can win a game for you. Like if, like if, like if the saints had played, when they played Miami, if they would have had like 25% more of their roster and Andy Dalton at quarterback, they might have won that Monday night. Like it's not inconceivable, right? So like it matters. And how, how do you feel how do you feel about Taysom as a full-time tight end? I mean, it's fine. The thing is like they got to add a body. Because the, here's the thing with Taysom. At what position? At tight end? T- tight end because you can't you can't go Taysom Troutman and whatever, like you got to add like a guy. Bennett, you don't think that's enough? Yeah, those three. I don't think that's enough because the thing is, I, I Taysom, he's been injured his whole. He's he had injuries in college. He's got injuries now. That's what kept him his NFL career from getting jump started, and, and he got it jump started on special teams with the Saints. I look at Taysom, and I'm like, tight end is going to be even a more physical position potentially than quarterback. I just worry that it, like he's not going to hold up. You got like get me another guy, maybe even draft a guy or something. But Taysom, like. He, it's potentially like it's not out of the realm of possibility. Like Taysom plays tight end, he's pretty good and like catches like forty five balls, and we're like, wow, Taysom's a nice. Well, that, tight that's end. what it, that's what it needs to be, honestly, because when you're getting paid ten million dollars, which is top tier tight end money, I mean, it, it's it, he's he's a top ten tight end at that price. So you you got to catch fifty balls and five touchdowns minimum. You know, if you're not mm-hmm. going to play quarterback at all, and you're not a backup anymore, mm-hmm. at ten million a year, you got to be a pretty darn good tight end. Yeah, yeah. So we got, um, we got uh, free. I, w- before we get to talk about the honey badger, we got freaking about football. Freaking about football. What's your thoughts on Malcolm Jenkins and the Taysom at tight end and Andy Dalton? So uh, for Malcolm Jenkins, I, like he had a great career. Uh, definitely a Saints Hall of Famer, especially for that Thanksgiving game on uh, in 2010. Uh, that I think that play kind of like also kind of epitomized his first stint with New Orleans. He took a bad angle at first, had to hustle back, made a great play with being aware, but like it all started because he overplayed it at first. Um, Wasn't he the one that chased down Vincent Jackson as well? Yep. Yeah, that was in yeah, twenty. Yeah. That, that was, was in twenty twenty. That was, that was in twenty twelve. The, yeah, yeah. the Saints have a goal line stand after that in Tampa. Right. Score. Yeah, that and then, then we end up, one. and we only end up winning by seven. So that ends up being like. I, one I just love the Thanksgiving yeah. Day. I love the Thanksgiving Day played freaking about football because two thousand ten. I know people hate the ending, but with uh, with the beast quake and all that in the playoffs. But uh, that season is one of my favorite seasons because the Saints yeah. were the defending champion and it was like on Thanksgiving Day Dallas had you Dallas had them dead to rights the entire family's watching things and they're like oh it's the same old Saints they're losing and they just went in there and like nope we're the freaking champions suck on it Cowboys we ruined your Thanksgiving because <laughs> that's what Super Bowl champions do and I was just like this is the life. This is amazing, and that's I did that just yeah. that play warms my heart. That that season was amazing, just because like every team came out at us because we were the Super Bowl champions, and like it was Drew Brees just saying, "Okay, you're going to give us your best. I'm just going to come back at the very last <laughs> second and beat y'all." Um, 
as uh I'll, I'll just go quickly here uh as far as the um uh, as far as the Malcolm Jenkins, my main concern uh, is I think we could find a replacement for him. Like he's a good player, but like the Saints have been known to get good safeties the past few years. Mm-hmm. The issue I uh, I'm having is now like we're going back to back off seasons where we lost Drew Brees, Sean Payton, Armstead, now Malcolm Jenkins. That's a lot of leadership in the locker that's room. It. It's a, that's just right. gone. And one of the reasons why I want to sign Matthew instead of like drafting a guy, which this is a pretty good safety draft, don't get me wrong, but like there is no like now, like I mean, I guess now you can include Lattimore as a vet, but like there's no like real vet presence in that secondary anymore. And uh, I mean, I guess Sorensen, but Sorensen's going to get his ass beat like almost every other player. So you don't want Sorensen on the field at all. He's like, yeah, stay on special teams, buddy. Yeah. Um, so that's my one concern. And then as far as the Andy Dalton, I don't have a problem with, uh, them signing him. I mean, you need a backup quarterback, especially with, uh, Jameis Winston coming off an ACL. But like, I think because of the money they're giving him, it's like 3 million that actually counts against compensation right now. And we might not get a third round pick from Armstead because of that, um, that's deal. We I, yeah. Th- thanks for thinking about football. We've got some other people I want to get to. I, yeah. Um, that's the thing that's weird, Andrew, is I don't understand the comp. People are like, Andy Dalton contract might ruin the comp picks. I'm like, it's $3 million. Like, how can I don't it- know. I, let, let's not pretend anyone understands the it's comp a- pick formula. Like, <laughs> all right. You see run one tweet and you, fig- you everyone freaks out. I was also told by actually like a lot of so- like a reliable NFL media people that cover the team that like, oh, yeah, they're only going to get a fourth for – for uh, Hendrickson, right? This year, they're like, yeah, they're only going to go. The, the formula is weird, tipped. and it's just like, yeah, you know, no one understands it. Um, so yeah. here we got uh, two hundred three Vaughn. Uh, you've been waiting a while. What you got for us? What's up, man? What's the piece What's up? bringing me up, man? Huge who that fan my whole life, man. Um, first, I want to talk. Um, just big shout out to Malcolm Jenkins, man. Thanks, uh, thanks Hall of Famer. Won the Super Bowl with us. You know, what I'm saying came back. Um, I was actually concerned when he came back and we lost Vaughn, but he came back and actually played very good for his age. Isn't it fun yeah. when Saints players when they come back and they're good, like it was? They're still it, good. It, yeah, it's still yeah. good. It was. It was yeah, so was, much for fun his, for his age. He was still yeah. playing very good ball. So I appreciate him and man. Any, I was. I'm. I'm. I was telling my mom. I'm like. I'm kind of upset by the move just because we need. We have to replace that. <laughs> we but need I'm, him. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm never <laughs> upset by the by a player retiring because if you know when it's time to go, bro, and you put your heart and soul to this, and I, I love that for him. Um, I wanted to touch on the Taysom at tight end thing. Um, I like it. Of course, I don't want to play in quarterback as far as our starting quarterback anymore. But I think what we have to do is for us to get the full value of paying him $10 million, we have got to keep him in the short yardage. Oh, if we want to get touchdowns, I, I ain't going to lie to you. If people, I know I understand people, it's predictable when he's back there in the shotgun. You could call it what you want, but it's unstoppable. It, it still works. Yeah, it's That's still right. Work. And, then, and if we want him to get five to ten touchdowns, like we said, I only think about two or three of those may come as a receiver. But if we get down there on the five-yard line, like how Cam Newton kind of just came back and did for the Panthers last year, even though he sucked as a passer. But the only mm-hmm. thing he was really good at when he came in was when it came down to the five-yard line, the quarterback draw, and in short yardage situations, I think that's the only time we still need to use him under uh, oh. as a quarterback. And I hope uh-huh. he, I'm hoping that Pete Carmichael still does that. I hope he's just not 100% lined up at tight end. If we're going to get the, the max value of a $10 million Taysom Hill, we have got to let him still do those short yardage situations because he, he can run over anybody and he could get no, mad. Uh, well, and that's just my point on that. I, I think you're 100%. And, and it brings me back to, Andrew, was the Tennessee game. 
they score right at the end of the game and they are going to run Taysom power to get the two points. Tennessee sees it, calls timeout. Sean Payton is like double bird. We don't care. We're running it again. We don't care that you know that we're running it. We're still running it. Yeah. Troutman jumps off side, so they couldn't. Yeah, but they were, he was 100% going to run Taysom yeah, Power. I mean, everyone in the stadium knew it, and he didn't care. And you know the, what? The game against, he did it the game against the Patriots when we were that's the touchdown against the Patriots. Bill Belichick knew exactly what the play call was. There's nothing you could do about it. This is, <laughs> he's, first, he's too fast, and, and if, he, if you beat him to the spot, he might run you over. It's just what it is. You know what I mean? love like, it's just ridiculous, and I feel like if we still want to get the max value out of him while he's on our roster, I need to see that from him. Now, other than that, I don't want to see him. If it, if we're in the 20 and it's second and 10, I don't want to see him. I don't want to see him at all. <laughs> but if it's third and one in the 50-yard line or fourth and one and we want to go for it, I want to see him. And if we're inside the five-yard line, I want to see him behind the quarterback. 100%. That's how, yeah, I feel like yeah. that's the best value for him. Thank you, 203 Vaughn. appreciate you joining us tonight. Andrew, that's a good point, and I want you – you know, you said, hey, that's what kind of that's kind of maybe the season Taysom has to What is for you the ideal season for Taysom? And break it down to me by like catches, goal line touches, short yardage. Like, like if I said to you, what is the absolute realistic ideal season for Taysom Hill? We're in December. We're like, oh my God, Taysom Hill, he's having a freaking amazing year. I, I, I still think like his greatest value is in the red zone. You know, and and so to two or three Vaughn's point, he he in short yardage situations, and he, even before the before you get to the red zone, right? Like if it's third and one, and you you got to sustain a drive and move the chains, then he needs to be in there, and he needs to move the chains, right? Just so that you can keep the drive going. But then once you've accomplished that, once you get in the red zone, I, I look if if you're taking quarterback completely off the table and he's not a backup, and you're paying him ten million dollars a year, then I, I, I think it's not too much to ask that he he's involved in eight to ten touchdowns a year. And so that that's really – I don't care about the catches so much. It's more like red zone productivity because then it's like you're keeping your kicker off the field and you're cashing in and it's six points instead of three. Yeah. So to me, to me, that's the most important thing that Taysom Hill can bring to this team is red zone productivity. And, you know, if he can hit a big play every now and then where he, he gives you a – 60 yard reception for a touchdown or he breaks a 40 yard run like th- those are valuable things too but I-, I just think that that's where i would look at it and say look if he catches 40 45 balls that's great yeah it, it, but it but eight to ten touchdowns is better yeah. yeah like it would almost be like if he caught 28 passes but he had eight touchdowns and he converted like eight third and shorts fourth and shorts that's a right. hell of a that's a hell of a year. That's a hell of a year. Yep. Yeah. So, um, like with co- Taysom, I'm less worried about what's his yardage total. You know, it, it's more about and, and the Saints. By the way, like as good as Taysom in is and as automatic as he is, and think about this: the Saints were 30th in the league in third down conversions last year. 30th. Hmm. So now yeah. take Taysom off the team. Imagine how much worse it would have been. <laughs> the Saints offense is sne- we, we not that we gave Sean Payton a pass, but like it was the passing game. They were sneaky horrible last year and a bunch of critical things on offense. Don, Don Hayes, he's been waiting a while. Don, what you got for us? I just first and foremost wanted to say thank you for blasting off on the Cowboys because I live in San Antonio, Texas, 
and I'm freaking surrounded like the Alamo here <laughs> as a Saints fan. And uh, the other thing I wanted to say was I agree with uh, 203 Vaughn and you that they really need to allow Taysom to focus. I feel like when he was doing – when he was a Swiss Army knife of the Saints, playing quarterback, playing tight end, uh, being a receiver, that he couldn't maximize his performance in any of those positions. Mm-hmm. But if they focus him on being a tight end, then I feel like with repetition and practice and focus and not having to think about anything else, I feel like he'll do much, much better and be that $10 million man like y'all were talking about. Well, here's the thing you got to remember about Taysom is Sean Payton, I don't want to say he made promises, but he certainly led him to believe that he was going to get a chance to do some things. And he, he also was paid as such, like, hey, take this contract, and these are the opportunities that you're going to get. So it, it was one of those things where I, I, I think Sean Payton really kind of made him believe, hey, you're going to get these opportunities. And, you know, I, I think along with that came a little bit of like feeling like he was responsible and, and had, had to make him feel like he was valued and he was going to get chances and, and all this stuff. So I, I think now fast forward to now and Dennis Allen's like, look, I haven't, I haven't promised you anything. There, you have zero guarantees with me. So your options here, like, I don't believe in you as a starting quarterback. So we're signing Andy Dalton and you can either accept to be buried on this depth chart as our number three quarterback and you're never going to play or you could be our starting tight end because I do believe in you there. So I, I think sure I, I, I think from a stand, my watch is trying to talk to me. Sorry about that. But my, my, my point here is I think at the end of the day, now Taysom is going to have complete focus because there's there's actually more clarity. And, it, and this is where I think Sean Payton leaving, it, look, he's either going to make it at tight end or he's not. Like it goes one of two ways. But – there's clarity in the sense that, like, the gadgetry, the shenanigans with Taysom Hill, it, it's kind of over. Now, I agree that I hope he still does the Wildcat stuff. I, I, I hope that he's still on third and one. I, I hope he's still the guy because there's value and there's use there. But I completely agree that, like, the quarterback ship has sailed, and clearly he's accepted that because I think if he was resistant, they wouldn't really be giving him a shot at tight end. Yeah, no, no, I agree. And Don, thanks, thanks for joining us. Tons of people take a multivitamin, me included. I'm trying to get back on track after football season, eating better, exercising, all of that. And it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help you start your day Right. This special blend of ingredients helps to support gut health, the nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle friendly, adopting to a wide range of diets. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals or artificial anything. Plus, it costs less than $3 a day. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D 
and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks for listening to Saints Happy Hour. We are a family here. You know what families do? They support each other. And if you aren't a patron, we need your support. All the great content you consume for free takes time and money. If you love the show and listen regularly, please become a patron. We need you. Supporting Saints Happy Hour can cost you as little as 23 cents a day. That's what the Saints should have paid Kenny Stills. So please, go to Patreon slash Saints Happy Hour and support the show today. Saints need that they redid his deal. They need him to be productive because if they want to eject after this year, they'll have to post June cut him next year and it'll be like an $11 million hit in 2023 and 2024 which i know i know it's only 11 million dollars but it adds up over time if you if with other dead money and such so they they need him to perform i think he will like my only question with him andrew i've seen him at tight end he's been he he can get open he can he's tremendous in the red zone my concern with him is like last year i mean he he had the concussion both feet does he has he had any on other injuries with the saints i was trying to remember uh, if he's had other injuries as a saint and missed time since not really, he's been remarkably healthy up until this year. Um, you know, obviously he's and, and you know he had a concussion I think last year and maybe a knee injury late. Remember in the playoffs? Oh, that's right because he missed, he missed the, the playoff. Play, yeah, he missed the yeah, playoff. So game. He, he, but other than that, he's actually been surprisingly durable. I mean, he had a ton of scary injuries in college, which made you think you know he wasn't going to be able to last in the NFL. But yeah, he he kind of has been durable in the NFL really until this past year where it was injury after injury. Yeah. We got Joe. He's joining us. Joe, uh, what you got for us tonight on the saints? Hey guys. Yeah. I just had a question for y'all about mainly, I guess, Juge. Uh, does Taysom have a skill set that will make him valuable while Kamara is out as a running back from the backfield now that Ty Montgomery's gone? You know, he's never taken snaps at running back where he's been handed off the football other than, lining up at fullback and occasionally doing that fullback dive. So the only time I've ever seen a quarterback hand the ball off to him is when he's been in that, you know, F back or, or fullback position and, and doing the fullback dive on third and inches or whatever. So uh, I don't think he has a ton of value there. He doesn't have kind of the skill set and or he doesn't have the reps taking handoffs. I don't really personally see him as a running back because I just think he has had more experience taking it out of the shotgun and kind of either zone read or or just taking it with, with no running back and, and just you know going straight into the line, reading blockers and attacking. So that's a layer, I think, of his game that would have to be developed. But I don't really see him in the backfield, in the running back room, working on that in camp and spending a lot of time developing that. I think they really see him at tight end. And so... That's that's his position now, and I think he's good. to be good at it. Yeah, I think the Saints want him to be good at it. And Dennis Allen said straight up, like, this guy, we believe he can be one of the best in the league at this position. And if he truly believes that, then I think they're going to be all in on developing him there. And so I don't see him really being a running yeah, guy. Yeah, he, he needs to go to t- Jameis Winston, don't get me killed like you did against Washington. Because that concussion – that was like 100% Jameis' fault. Like that pass was terrible. Poor Taysom got 
late got hung out to dry. Um, but it's a great, but, it, but Joe, thanks for joining us. It's a great, it was a great question. Um, now we get, uh, we've got other people, Tina, Buddy, Big Tom, people that we always see, um, joining us every week. Thanks. Thanks guys. Chime in if you have some, if you want to talk, uh, now we want to talk about Tehran Matthew and I have a theory, Andrew, and you, you always like to, to just throw uh, cold water on my theories. But here's my theory is you look at the set, the free agents left at Will Fuller, Landry, Jadavion Clowney. I think of the saints, if they're going to splurge on one guy, not go crazy, but just pay a little extra to make sure you get him in the building. If you're going to splurge a little bit on any guy left, I think Teron Matthew is the absolute guy you should do it for. Because here's the thing. The, the saints, they need their defense to be top 10. If they're going to contend right in 2022, we all acknowledge that they have a safety issue. You've signed Teron Matthew and he, and Honey Badger, if he gives you one of those Sammy Knight, I know we hate to use his name, Darren Sharper, 2009. If he has like one more great season in him and he gives you like six touchdowns, three fumble recoveries, forces a bunch of fumbles, that can keep your defense elite, right? And yeah. I don't think Will Fuller or Jarvis Landry or even Clowney, like they don't have the potential to give you that. So, like, if you're going to splurge on one dude, I think Honey Badger, because if you hit on him and he gives you something really, really good, that can keep your defense elite. And I, I, I just think if he's the one guy that I, because, because of the safeties, I want him now. That desperately because of it would be Jenkins crazy for it would be crazy for the Saints to be like we've lost both of our safeties therefore we're we're gonna get both of Kansas City's <laughs> like, that, would, <laughs> that would be a crazy development but I think right now if if the season started tomorrow your starters at safety are Marcus May and that's assuming he can get healthy in time and, and Daniel Sorensen so that's a little scary so yeah mm-hmm. I think look PJ Williams needs to come back and. I, I, I'll say this also. It makes a lot of sense that the Saints brought back Bradley Roby now. I mean, not, now that oh, you yeah. consider, because, like, you know, I think Chauncey Gardner Johnson is has potential to be a candidate to move around and play mm-hmm. a little strong safety. And, you know, he'll still play in the slot, which, you know, obviously the Saints ha- did, had Malcolm Jenkins play in the slot a lot, covering up tight ends and that sort of thing. So even if he takes the Malcolm Jenkins role, I think he can be close to the line of scrimmage. But I think you have to consider that the Saints might say, hey, Bradley Roby, you're going to play a lot more this year. You're going to be our slot corner. And Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, C.D. Deuce, you're, you're going to be kind of the Malcolm Jenkins replacement. So I don't know that it necessarily plays out that way. But, again, I, I think from a, from a purely from a snap count standpoint, you got to think Bradley Roby is in line to see a lot more playing time this year. And But, yeah, I think obviously, look, look at the backfield – if you can add a guy like Teron Matthew, especially considering the guys they've lost. And here's the thing about Matthew, similar to Marcus May, I think he's kind of, they're, they're interchangeable. That's a guy that you can use at free safety. You can use him at strong safety. You can mix and match. You can disguise. I think with Marcus Williams, as good as he was, as, as incredible range as he was, as great ball skills as he had, he's a high safety through and through. You know, you couldn't really move him around. You couldn't really disguise him as much. Whereas I think if your safeties are Marcus May and Teron Matthew, you can mix and match which one you're going to blitz, which one's in the box, which one goes high. And I think there's just more disguising and more um, 
you know, just uh, variety that you can work with mm-hmm. if, if you're Dennis Allen, which you know is a defensive coach he would love. Yeah, it's really interesting to me. Uh, we got Buttery. She's joining us. It's, I'm curious to just see, like, what kind of contract Teron, Ma- Teron Matthews is going to get. Because like, I, I think, like, he, clearly, if he would have had a contract that he liked, he'd have signed it by now. So I'm, cu- I'm curious, like, is his market going to be two years, 19, 20 million dollars. So, uh, Budridge, what you got for us tonight? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if, uh, Teron Matthew is actually going to, you know, be with us, but the fact that he's just basically hanging around Louisiana, this entire time, <laughs> like he's still in Baton Rouge based on all the photos and all the publicity things. Like if Mickey Loomis is like, you know what, when I give him a call, it's not like it's going to take him a while. He could probably be there same day an <laughs> hour to get there. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Teron Matthew, like he's from New Orleans. Like, I, I think, yeah, I think it, it just, it, it needs to happen, Andrew, because we need, we need, we deserve to have a fun moment on Twitter. Deshaun Watson, it was interesting to be in the news, but it wasn't fun because however, whatever percentage you want to break it down, 60, 40, 50, 50, 45, 45, 55. Like there was a giant chunk of people that were like, I don't want Deshaun Watson. I was in that group and I respect the people that weren't, but it wasn't like if they'd have got Deshaun Watson, like it wouldn't have been fun. It wouldn't have been because we had a giant chunk of the fan base saying they're out and they hate it and all this. They sign Honey Badger tomorrow. Like, we're going to get our free agent moment. We're going to have fun. And we haven't had that this offseason. I need it. I need the Saints to do something, Andrew. I'm like, a, I'm like, a, I'm a transaction addict. I, I feel like the, the pessimist in me feels like he's going to be like, look, I drafted Will Clapp. I gave you guys Quan Alexander. Don't push it, you LSU homers. Don't push it. Although, another. Uh, Safety up. I do want to throw out there is probably uh, Landon Collins. I, oh uh, yeah, yeah. He he's also Louisiana boy. He's from a city called God. I'm gonna butcher this, but it's like Gessamar. It, it's like in between Prairieville and Gonzales. You you get this yeah. out pro Alabama junk out of here. <laughs> yeah, but I see more pro Louisiana. But hey, I don't mind pro Alabama players. Yeah, what was he? He he, he was. With, he he was with the Giants and then he went to Washington for a ridiculous contract. Yeah, Washington, um, but he he's had he had decent years, but Washington's secondary has never been like a focal point. It's always been a linebacker core and a uh, pass mm-hmm. rushers and defensive line. The secondary has always has been very hit or miss, and I think he was kind of out of position. And I think he's better what you know what Malcolm Jenkins would kind of do. I, I don't think he's great in man coverage, but. As playing, you know, Garner first down line and even down close line scrimmage, I think he can do fine with that. Yeah, the Budrich, I saw you talking on Twitter. I think about Jamison Williams and about how NFL teams are saying his his rehab is ahead of schedule. Yeah, uh, I think he's gonna like if that's true, and and teams really believe that, like he's gonna go ridiculously high in the draft because when, his, when's when's the last time you've heard of an NFL player? especially a draft prospect ever say, yeah, he's a couple weeks behind schedule. They don't I've tell heard you it before. It's, it's like, not like, oh, he, it's not like the rarity. They don't tell you until he's like, Oh, he's had a setback. He needs surgery. He's out another six months. Like until you hear that, they're always ahead of schedule. Yeah. In fact, I'm pretty sure they said Will Lutz and Michael Thomas 
were both ahead of schedule until they shut them down for the year. I'm I'm pretty sure that <laughs> I believe but something with when it accurate comes, AF. Well, the fact year, that he's doing like skits and all. I assume that it's just like every other injury where anything can happen. Yeah, but the fact he's doing skits right now and all these I need movements is incredibly impressive considering it's been two months since the sur- since the uh, surgery. Because I don't even, I don't even know if someone like Jameis was doing that by this point when he when he tore back in October and it was like, I don't know, February or something. Cause for a wide receiver like him, especially, you know, his legs are kind of thin. I still think it's incredibly impressive. And I think also his team, you know know what, Bud Rich though, Mm -hmm. there's a fine line between ahead of schedule and pushing it too hard when you have instability, which causes a setback. I mean, we we have the Bama doctors on our payroll now and who knows? Maybe, Maybe they play some part of it, you know, trying to uh, help help him he- heal up and you know, kind of kind of get his rehab ahead of ske- ahead of schedule. I mean, whoever ta- whoever takes him is definitely going to keep tabs on it. And if he and if he's good to go for training camp, which is probably the bare minimum of him probably coming back, then I, that'd be arguably the most impressive thing I'll ever. Let see, me I'll let me ask see. you this: uh-huh. Do you trust the Saints' evaluation? And I and Matt Rand doesn't count here, by the way, because he's just sports science. Like he he's he's prehab guy. He's not he's not Oshner doctor evaluating injuries. Do you trust the Saints? This doctors they give him a check and say, yeah, he's good to go. You can draft him. <laughs> the, med- the medical checks out. You feel good about that? Yeah, a bit. I wouldn't just, trust the Saints doctors to tell me I have two bad arms. I wouldn't trust. This, them. I think. I mean, these are the same people who say, "Yeah, you're fine with drafting Ryan Ramchek, who who was coming off hip surgery when he, when he got drafted." That's right. I mean, I made those I, jokes. I'm pretty sure no. they didn't overhaul the uh, athletic tra- training staff. I know they fired a couple guys, but they didn't like get rid of everybody, as far as I know. So if hey, Ram Ramchek's been kind of banged up over the last four years, just saying. Yeah. Yeah, but bit. were any of them hit, were any of them the hip injury? That's true. That, they got him. It's ah, been come on, man. The kinetic chain, hip, knee. You know. <laughs> uh, the, my favorite thing about Ramtech was that was back. In, I mean, it's it's about that time, Andrew. Where we where we do dr- mock draft sims and we do we do shows of them. And me and Andrew in, in 2017, we, that's when we first started using them. And I remember there were like three or four episodes. You probably go back if you're a patron and find them where Ryan Ramtech would be there at 32, and me and Andrew would just be like, "This is ridiculous." He's not, not going to be yeah, there. No this is, this, this yeah. simulator is broken. And I can't – they don't need him, but I have to take him. He's eighth on the board. And, it, like, it happened, like, twice. And me and, me and R- R- Andrew were like, this is, this is nonsense. And it, All right. Well, you know, well, since we got Budrich, the final question for you. Yeah. You've already done about 7,654 mock drafts, I know. <laughs> so who's the much. one guy that would fall to 18 at this point? You know, in all those mock drafts that you've done, they would basically be the Ryan Ramchek at 32, where you're just like, holy cow, I cannot believe this guy just fell to the Saints. That's tough one, but I would say probably Charlie Cross from Mississippi State because he's been evaluated to go top 15 because he's honestly the best pass protector in his draft, and he, he's, a, he's a really good – uh, left tackle, and I know the Saints 
the Saints with tackles, it's going to be either everything goes to crap where, where all the positions they need just flop the board and then tackle. You only had two go off. Or if, you know, they rate, they rate these guys incredibly high, like penning and cross and they say, you know what? He's the best. Let's screw it. Let's go get him. But I think it's been cross so far and the craziest, I would say probably, um, Probably Kyle Hamilton, the safety from uh, Notre Dame, because there, because apparently some people are trying to talk him down, which I'm not. I'm not against because he's actually a really good safety. But if either one of those guys are there at 18 in real life, I'll, I'll be completely surprised and would not blame the Saints for going either one of those players. Yeah, it's a good call, Ralph. Don't forget to unmute yourself. Um, well, hey, Butterich, thanks for thanks for yeah. joining us, and we appreciate it, man, as always. No, I was going to say, uh, Andrew, the, the one thing about the uh, the PFF, the draft mock simulator now, now you can trade for veteran players, and you can run the mock, and you can trade for, for vets. Here's my question to you. And it's rumor, it's rumored, but I haven't seen any concrete. It's just, it's just chatter on Twitter, you know, it's this talking heads and everything. Because Seattle, they're bad, right? If Seattle called up Mickey Loomis tonight and said, you give us 18, we'll give you DJ Metcalf, D- DK Metcalf. And Mickey Loomis said, well, I'll do it, but we got to get a contract. Yeah, you, you tried hard to botch that one. I did. I tried really hard. And, but they said, look, you can, have, you, could, you can have Metcalf. We'll do it, but we got to do a deal. And they get him for five years, almost $100 million. And that's the deal. The Saints give up 18, but you get Metcalf from Seattle. Would you do that tonight? Like if if it was if it was on the table, or or would you would you prefer to draft a receiver? Or because that'd be really tempting because he seems like the perfect freaking. I just for feel Jameis. like that would unlock Jameis in a way that. I mean, I was kind of in on Tyree Kill when they were like, you know, I mean, I I didn't know that he was going to chase. I don't. I didn't know he was going to get that contract plus five draft picks. I mean, that that's quite a haul that the Chiefs got for him. But I, I certainly wouldn't give up anything like that. But I, I was I was interested when he was out there. I, I look. I, mm-hmm. I just think I'm all about getting good players, and I think anytime you can get a guy with that talent level, I just think it it changes everything. I, I think that that would put Jameis Winston in the Pro Bowl. Yeah, and and. And look, you could do the. I mean, I would. I would say that the the Metcalf contract is probably. It's not going to be Hill, and it's not going to be Devonte Adams, right? But it's going to fall somewhere between Christian Kirk and Michael Thomas now. Um, and I would a hundred percent do that because, like you said, you got a guy like him. He can get vertical. Jameis can get him the ball. And then you have Michael Thomas, and you got some, then you got something on offense, right? Uh, and you got some fun. So, like, that's what the Saints need to do. Sign Honey Badger, trade for for Metcalf, and we would go from dreading the offseason and hating it to like we're winning the NFC South again. It would happen like that. They do yeah. those two moves. It would happen like that. Instead, <laughs> we have Sorensen and Andy Dalton. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I got the spaces up. Please, be down or anything, but my god, man! If this offseason, I mean, could it seriously be any worse right now? I'm glad Jameis is back. I'm glad they, but like, 
your 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 off season so far. I mean, if we're going glass half empty here, their off season has been Andy Dalton, Daniel Sorensen, oh, and yeah. glass half full on James Hurst. <laughs> well, Bruce Arians retired. That's the last topic I was going to get to. Bruce Arians, he retired, and he's going to go upstairs, and Todd Bowles is going to be the coach yeah, of Tampa. You know, you know what's weird about that is that was happening earlier in the offseason. Remember, yeah, he, he gave all his assistants permission to leave. No one left. And then out of nowhere, Leftwich kind of pulls himself out of contention of all these job opportunities. And so right then and there, I kind of thought to myself, well, Leftwich is going to be the head coach of the, of the Bucks. Le- you know, Arians must be retiring. And at the time, you know, it was basically like Tom Brady's done. And so it just felt like this was going to be a changing of the guard. And I, I wonder if, like, early in his retirement, Brady was like, guys, just kidding. Like, I'm running it back. And I just wonder if they were like, all right, well, I would have thought Leftwich was going to get the job. That's the other thing I'm kind of surprised by is yeah. that Left, Leftwich stayed, but then Bulls got the job. So that that was also surprising to me. Um so, yeah, I don't know what's going on in Tampa. Like, it's not surprising in the sense that earlier this offseason, I thought he was done, and that ends up being the case. But for it, it almost felt like he wanted to stabilize everything, recruit a bunch of guys, and then move to the front office, which I think was a little weird. But I, I think at the time, they maybe wanted to give the illusion of stability um, until they re-signed a bunch of guys and kind of got the house back in order. And, you know, Tampa – has gotten a lot of guys to come back, obviously, and they've been able to acquire some players to build with Tom Brady back. And so um, there's no doubt as we sit here today, they're the favorites in the NFC South. No, no doubt. And that, I mean, I just got, I don't, I don't wish for injuries to happen, but man, if Tom Tom Brady, I don't wish for injuries. I just want massive decline because I want the NFC South to be a shit show. Andrew, I want it to be, the worst division in NFL I history. I kind of look at it like this. I don't root for any player to get injured because that's just that's just inhumane and that that's wrong. But if you're going to tell me that one NFL player has to like injuries are going to ha- happen, like it, it it's it's the cost of doing business. We know this. So like, if there has to be one, like I'll, I'll volunteer Tom Brady. I'm not. I'm, not <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like if it has to be one. I would put Tom Brady at the altar. I would, you know, I just just consider it, you know, I mean, I want to sacrifice him to the gods. I just want the eight and eight saints playing the eight and eight Buccaneers to finish 2022. And you got Jameis Winston and Blaine Gabbert as your quarterbacks. And the winner, the winner wins the South. And I just like you prefer I would, that over Kyle Trask. I would. It would be funnier, I think. You know, uh, or you know, it would be funny. If it'd be funny too if it was like the eight and eight Saints and the eight and eight Bucks, and Tom Brady suddenly gotten old and declined, and he's like old and rickety, and he can't do it anymore. Like that would be funny too. Like I just want the NFC South to be. I want the, the NFC- after the third quarter, the Saints are winning by so much that. Jameis is pulled and Ian Book comes in the game. <laughs> they put in, they put in, they bring in Andy Dalton. They bring in Andy Dalton. That would be the, the final insult to Brady's career. They, they bring in Andy Dalton, and by the end of the game, Tom Brady has like 87 yards passing, and oh, Dalton yeah. had 88. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> exactly. I want I want the I want the NFC South to be terrible. It makes it more fun. So guys, thanks for joining us. Uh we love doing the Twitter spaces. Uh support the show. Make our dreams come true. We could do a live show, we could build a studio, we can have so much fun. Support our dreams and make your dreams come true by supporting ours. So, guys, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, everybody in the chat. Uh, Guys, we will see you again tomorrow.